Hey guys, it's Tuesday afternoon, about 20 to 4 or so. Boy, what a day. It's been a long one. So this morning, I had a, a long conversation with my friend Emmett about overcoming financial hurdles throughout uh, COVID-19. And it's a conversation that myself and Emmett have had on and off now for probably nearly three weeks. And it really is a bit of a waiting game. Um, we have this conversation and then things happen and then we revisit you know, the general rolling conversation between mates. Anyway, when I was talking to Emmett this morning, we got to talking about planning and, and forward projections and where we thought the market might be for crafters in general as we pass through the curve and the threat of viral infections and how that and how isolation now will affect business going forward anyway and I'd said to Emmett that I had read many things online and seen many more posts about uh, people's uncertainty, their financial stresses and that one of the things that was largely apparent and clearly obvious to me is that people are being reactionary instead of being proactive. So and I think that is because when we come across a crisis, there is a catalyst event that usually is the ignition to that. And that does demand a reactionary response from us. But those reactions are normally centered around our personal life how are we going to pay our mortgages put food on the table am i even going to have a job to be able to furnish those needs so if you take that for a moment and set that aside that is one set of stressors that most people will have, or the vast majority of people will have, probably not most, but there'll be a good percentage of the population, especially in the small craft community. And then I guess on the very opposite end of that scale will be, what do I do now? How can I be proactive now? So that as we pass through this, whatever this is going to happen to be, 
are we going am I going to be and are we going to be um, both in family and in business in a position where we can build upon a foundation that we may be able to lay down now and those are very real questions to be answered are you going to be able to lay down a foundation now that will be strong enough to support a long-term building process and I guess for me the immediate question I have in my mind would be how is that foundation going to look what is it going to consist of is it going to be craft work or some other? And the other thing that I have noticed repeatedly is people trying to switch up their small craft businesses by naturally gravitating to what they perceive to be other crafters' successes. And that is a dangerous place to sit and to stay because normally we perceive another person's success by a very limited viewing window on a social media platform and we can only judge what we see on the surface so if we see that somebody's got a successful something that they're doing it is very easy to get sucked into the belief that we can emulate that and there will be some success or a measure of success for us doing the same thing. And that's just not true. What is often missed is the success of others that we see has taken years and it's usually an accumulative effect where it didn't start out like that but this is how it has ended up. And it has ended up successful because the person that has made it successful has learnt how to engage within the market for that success and also how to manipulate their own process to make that thing successful. And I guess there has been no greater example for me than this one that I've noticed in the last couple of days. And it involves spoon blanks. Um, and I know that Emmett has a great side gig as a part of his business where he provides spoon blanks to other carvers. Now, having talked to Emmett, um, 
about how he derived at offering spoon blanks. It wasn't something that it was just a five-minute thing for him. He's been doing it for now for nearly two years, I believe. And he's got the interest there that he has built over time and distance. This is not something that he just woke up with this morning and thought, great, I'm going to actually carve spoons um, as an end product and provide spoon blanks to other carvers. This was a well thought out process over many, many months. And what I can only assume has been many, many iterations of how he would do that effectively so that he can maximise both his time, his effort and his profit margins from that. Now in saying that and setting Emmett's success at it aside for one moment, I have noticed a number of carvers are now offering spoon blanks and that's great. I'm really happy for you all. But I think it's important to remember that when we are competing with an established crafter that is already offering the service, is there enough of the market share left for us to make a living off of it too? And that comes down to saturation points. And saturation points are a funny thing because when we hit a catalyst event like this virus has caused in the crafting community, the natural inclination is to say, right, then I'll go ahead and I'll carve all day, every day for however long I am in isolation or in quarantine for, or I'll turn X amount of bowls, or I'll make this amount of toys, or I'll sew this amount of kids clothes or I'll paint this amount of paintings, whatever your medium happens to be, that is the natural inclination is to go, great, I've got all this time, I'll be able to create all this shelf stock. But my question is, what are you going to do with all that shelf stock? Because you aren't the only one in your industry that will be doing the same thing. And there's every likelihood that as we pass along the curves and we create websites and we start interacting and putting our stuff back out there into our chosen audience, that you will get lost. Your work will get lost in a saturated market because all of a sudden everybody's going to be vying for attention so how do you get around that be an innovator not an emulator and I guess sometimes innovation comes from necessity and not just from wanting something different And I guess really at the heart of innovation is finding a gap, finding what is not already offered 
or where there is a need that's not already being fulfilled. And this isn't just, and I'm not talking about just for the craft community, I'm talking about for any person that is considering to start a side hustle, think outside your normal comfort zone. Because I'm not saying give up your craft or don't create your shelf stock. What I'm saying is be mindful of saturate, saturation points and saturated markets going forward. Because this virus thing is a catalyst event in many, many ways across many, many areas. And one of those areas is people will be now looking, and I strongly believe people will now be looking to turn their hobby or their interests into a full-time gig whereby they can either A, stay at home full-time to do that or B, uh, take their normal nine-to-five job for part of the week and do craft work the other part of the week Or alternatively, I feel that many businesses will not return to a a structure of where they will require their employees to attend an office or a location. It won't be geographic. It will be an online affair whereby they will change their operations to, de- to meet the demand that is presently and, and the restrictions that are that are presently in place. And I think many people will discover the financial benefits of not having additional leasing agreements and things hanging over their head, so they will choose to run their businesses differently. So how does that translate to crafters running their businesses differently moving forward? Well, I think in the immediate there doesn't appear to be so much money around for discretionary spending and disposable income and for disposable income, rather. So for the time being, you know, some some of us may be forced to take secondary jobs where they aren't craft-related. And that's okay because that only has to be for a time it doesn't have to be a forever thing and I get asked and I have been asked quite regularly the last fortnight uh, what would I suggest for people to do if they aren't crafting and my answer is how long is a piece of string you know I had one fellow who's a brilliant musician And he said, but all my gigs have been cancelled. I said, and? And he said, well, if I can't make money playing gigs, what am I going to do? I said, well, you've got a computer, haven't you? And he said, yes. And I said, and you have a telephone? And he said, yes. Cell phone? He said, yes. I said, and and quite handy on a computer, aren't you? He said, well, yeah, I think so. And I said, well, 
why don't you set up a an online uh, music tutorial business where you can log on you know your your customers can log on and you can give them a virtual lesson over the internet you know done one laptop one guitar one student done you know i had another fellow who um, contacted me who's a motor mechanic he's a mate and he said you know my sales have dropped off uh, my uh, appointments have dropped off in my shop because people aren't coming out they're not allowed to come out or, or they're refusing to come out and i was the same answer and and he looked at me and I said, you know, you've got all those tools sitting there and you have a van, a ute, a utility truck. I said, why don't you just chuck a couple of your toolboxes inside your utility truck? I said, put the word out on your social media. I said, in your family, in your social group and offer mobile mechanic work. You'll come to them. You know, there's no social contact required. They can leave their keys underneath the mat on the porch uh, the car in the driveway you can go and you can do service work in the driveway done you're not out of work you've still got your work in the in your field that you are trained to do you're just doing it differently and i think it surprises people that they can still do what they want to do they just have to do it differently. I've got a friend, a, a, a fellow engineer who happens to be a bit like myself, um, that is quite handy with words. And he's a bit of a bit of a techie and he's a bit of a, uh, a computer geek. And I said to him, well, you're missing the point. And he said, well, you know, if I'm not allowed to go into the office and uh, the files that I'm working on and the designs I'm working on are confidential and they won't let me... Um, access them remotely what am I going to do and I said to him well you've got all this design skill I said and you're quite tech savvy I said all of a sudden there's going to be a whole host of people in the craft community wanting to build websites I said why don't you just put up a static page offering your services and put it on your social media account again absolutely astounded and this is the thing we all have an innate ability to adapt. We all have an ability to fight our way out of this. This is not and doesn't have to be the end for your business. And it doesn't have to be the end of a hobby either but I think what it comes down to is people have to get to the point and arrive at the point that begging people to make pity purchases because your business is all of a sudden struggling is not the way to go you will find that you will attract 
more bees with honey than what you will with vinegar. And for those people who would say that I have no empathy, we're struggling, why can't you sympathise and empathise with us? I do sympathise and empathise with you all. But my journey has been one where I have been on a similar trajectory now for 15 years. There is no greater loss than the loss of your own self and identity. And when you lose your eyesight and the world looks at you differently and all of a sudden you don't have a partner to come home to or a house to come home to or a career that you work so hard to achieve and be good at, you learn to adapt. You learn to look at it differently. And isolation for all of us right now might be difficult. And it might be a time that you really struggle in. But no, there are a myriad of things you can do to help yourself now. You will only feel this isolation as being limited and limiting if you allow it to. You have a choice. You can use this isolation to best suit your future or you can sit at home and stress and hate on the world. I have done both throughout my life and I can categorically say that you will be much happier if you take your distress and your uncertainty and you do one small thing a day to help lay down a foundation for your future. Because if you had have said to me as little as six or seven, perhaps eight years ago, that a pandemic was going to hit in the year 2020 and you're going to be okay because you would have already started your business forward planned ahead and when all are struggling you are now booked out to nearly December I would have told you you've got the wrong person However, here we are, it's the year 2020, and I am probably in one of the most financially strongest positions I've been in my life, and it's because I made a choice to be proactive instead of reactive. And I guess my hope is for you, 
that you will also be proactive, that you will also learn the lessons that took me nearly three years. I hope for you that you learn them a lot quicker. I hope for your sake that those lessons are learnt sooner rather than later. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.